Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. I suppose the story that everybody's talking about today is Keeling's. Keeling's Fruits, which is up in St. Margaret, the back of Soares there, back at Dublin Airport. Uh, one of the biggest fruit wholesalers and suppliers in the country. They grow their own fruit and have been a family business for a long, long time. They have made a statement in relation to the story that went around like wildfire on social media last night and the pictures and videos uh, that went along with it. And uh, let me talk to Padder Tobin, who's from Ain2. Uh, Padder, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you. Padder, you know, the video, I've seen the video and you can see all people coming through the airport. 189 workers from Bulgaria on a Ryanair chartered flight. There's no social distancing getting off that flight. Um, Keelings have made a statement saying obviously they need to bring in, you know, workers to pick the strawberries as they do every year. And I've just been sent another photograph, which I can't actually verify was taken today. But it's of all the workers sitting on a wall outside a major store in Swords. And not one of them is social distancing. They're all sitting beside each other with their little bags. And again, I can't verify that story was picked, was taken today, but it does seem very likely. So um, it does fly in the face of everything we're doing at the moment, I imagine. It's really bizarre that this is happening at the moment. Uh, we have a situation that all your listeners know only too well about, and that there is phenomenal crisis in the country, that you know, older people are not allowed to leave their homes, and that you or, you or I are, are not allowed to um, walk three kilometres down the road. And that many people have had their jobs lost, that their own income and their financial security has crashed around them. Many businesses are are going to the wall. The country is is literally taking on tens of billions of euros worth uh, of debt on a monthly basis uh, at the moment, which will put us into you know, a really, really difficult uh, economic crisis for the next five to ten years. And then we have those uh, every single night. We have really dark statistics that are brought uh, to our television screens of the number of people uh, who are passing away. Doesn't Last night, of course, the highest number at 41. Yeah, Absolutely. And if you look back, I was looking back just on a bit of history there, and I was, I was looked at the, the Dublin and Monaghan bombings where 33 people uh, were killed in those uh, bombs. And that was a startling figure at the time that on one day we would have the, the, the loss of so many people. And yet similar figures have been lost every single day now. Uh, at this stage in this crisis. So it, 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 I don't have any need to underline the, the, the severity and the depth of crisis that exists in this country. But we were told by the state that we are all in this together. We were told uh, by the state that lockdown was one of the only tools we could use to reduce the figures to protect ourselves. The and, and in fairness to the population, uh, the majority are complying with the regulations. Uh, you know, we're, we're all staying indoors, we're going for our walks, we're only making necessary journeys. Yes, some people are flaunting the rules a little bit, but not very obviously and blatantly, I have to say, from what I can see around us. Most people sure. are complying. Sure. So we have this like, amazing situation that we're in virtual police state at the moment, but most people are complying and most people are supportive of the necessary steps because most people know this has to be done. It's really important that it's done. And yet we have this strange situation, which has echoes of the Italians that came over uh, a number of weeks ago and circulated around uh, Dublin City. Which, which, which has been condemned since, by the way. You know, but, but, it, yeah, you know what I mean? And Michal Martin, even when I spoke to him on the air recently, said in hindsight, yes, they should have looked at that more closely. So in saying that, we condemn that. And even our politicians are saying, well, that's something maybe we should have looked at a little bit. But it was early days, of course. And mistakes were made by politicians, you know, because we're learning as we go along. And here we are, whatever, three and a half, four weeks into this. 
And, you know, and we have a private, we have a chartered fl- flight from Ryanair. By the way, Ryanair and Aer Lingus have just made a statement as well to say that they followed all the guidelines by the HSE. Now, I'm looking at these people coming to Dublin Airport in this video. There's no guidelines being followed there. No, and, and first of all, I understand that the flight was full uh, yesterday. So 187 people were sitting seat by seat with each other. We're told that more than 15 minutes of company with each other um, can lead to the transmission of this illness. Uh, and we're also told, you know, that... It's it's really important. We need to treat our you know ourselves as if we are carriers. So in other words, we uh, with the level of avoidance we need to uh, partake in to make sure it doesn't spread. But I'm also told today that another flight is landing in Dublin Airport uh, at a half one today with more fruit pickers from Eastern Europe um, to be uh, picking fruit uh, in North Dublin. And it just seems to me that it's one rule for for most people, and it's a different rule. Uh, for some now, now let, and we want to be careful let's not blame the Bulgarian but no. predominantly males by the way because um, I'm looking at a picture of them here which was sent to me just about 10 or 15 minutes ago and I can't verify that this picture was taken today or yesterday but it certainly seems to be they look like uh, a lot of Bulgarian men um, uh, foreign men all sitting on the wall outside Lidl in swords and they're all sitting beside each other now They've come from Bulgaria, which a country which hasn't really been affected so far by COVID-19. A very small amount of cases, a very small amount of deaths. And they didn't have the same lockdown experience that we've had for the last four weeks. So let's not blame them. They, Absolutely, no. And, and, and I want only, to make they're only lockdowns since yesterday, actually. I want to make that quite clear. Um, these people from Bulgaria or from Romania who are coming here are people like you and me. They were just looking to make a living. And many of them are living in, in, in difficult financial circumstances in their home countries. And it's, it's absolutely natural that they would seek to, to earn a living. And that, in, in fairness, Irish people have been doing exactly the same thing uh, for hundreds of years. So this isn't in no way um, in an effort to slight those people who are coming to Ireland. But there's a decision made by the government that you or I can't go down the road Three miles. And, and, and can I just clarify, because I want to, for the, the point, just for the record, um, just in today's news, actually, coronavirus, I'm just looking at the news here, Bulgaria's capital, Sofia, on lockdown over COVID-19. So only today, or should I say, well, yesterday, they brought in this lockdown. So they yeah. would, th- these people would not be used to that social distancing and lockdown. No. So that wasn't, you know, that's not something they would have been but, used to doing. But this flies in the face of everything we're being told to do. And it makes a mockery of the sacrifices that we're doing. I'm walking down the street of, of my town and businesses are all closed. And many of those businesses are going to be going to the wall. People are making extraordinary sacrifices currently in an effort to protect the most vulnerable, in an effort to protect frontline workers. And we're being drilled on a daily basis with that idea that, you know, we save lives by staying at home. And here we have a situation where we have hundreds of people who are circulating from country to country at a time of crisis. And it just makes well, no what was sense. The, okay, so Keelings will argue. Now, unfortunately, we did send Keeling his email. We did, like most media, have tried to contact them today, but they're uncontactable. They've even sent a letter to all their staff not to talk to the media. So if, you know, obviously Keelings aren't here... What are they supposed to do in this situation? I'm not taking their side for a minute here, okay? So you've got, you know, millions of euros worth of fruit in the ground waiting to be picked. This is the time it has to be picked between now and September. Uh, You know, otherwise it ripens, rots and goes back into the ground. They end up not being able to use those fields for years, right? So what's the alternative for for Keelings? I agree that Keelings, as well as other farms in this country, are essential services. So in other words, we need to keep the food production up. We need the supply chains of food coming into our supermarkets so we can live. But I've spoken to students who are actually looking to go abroad to fruit pick this summer, but because of the crisis, they can't. So there's, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, 
this is not a very technical uh, job. This is something that yes, we it's can unskilled labour. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's absolutely there's, you couldn't in your wildest. Potter, I did it myself when I was fifteen in lambs I've done it as well in, in the, uh, for a fiver a day, mind you. But I, I, I've done it, unfortunately, I probably at more strawberries than I collected at the time. I never, wanted, <laughs> I never wanted to see another strawberry again after I did it. But the point, it can be done and it would be done easily if people were given the chance to do it here. Um, so what we have is the company has made a serious mistake and we're asking that company to stop uh, that process and to reach out to Irish people okay. to fulfil that. And, and what role do you know the DAA and Ryanair play in this? Because... You know, a lot of people are complaining, not just in relation to this. When you said there's another flight due in, people are talking constantly about Irish ferries and Stena and people coming into the country constantly. So here we all are playing the game. Uh, we're all, you know, going along with the strategy in the interest of public health and rightly so. And meanwhile, flights on a regular basis are coming into Ireland. Uh, granted, not many people on them, but still coming into Ireland. People are just being told, listen, if you come to Ireland, you have to social distance and lock down for 12, 14 days. But sure, people are probably not going to do that. There's nobody following them to find out if they're doing it. So... <laughs> There's an issue here, and I actually, you mentioned earlier, obviously, at the start of the crisis, uh, 2020 vision, etc. Now, in fairness, into at the time, we said very clearly that we shouldn't have flights coming from the north of Italy into Ireland uh, at all uh, at that period of time, uh, because we are an island's nation. We're kind of like a castle with a moat around us. It would have been very much easier for us than other countries to actually stop the virus coming into to it. And if we did, we would have been able to circulate normally within uh, the island of Ireland. But the, the truth of the matter is, um, the European Union has indicated that they don't want to stop the movement of people. The ECDC, which is the European Centre for Dis- Disease Control, actually di- dictated or directed countries not to stop uh, transport from one country to another. Uh, other countries like Denmark and, and the Czech Republic and etc. They said, well, whatever, we're responsible for our citizens. We'll make this decisions in the national interest. And that's what they did. Our, our government unfortunately didn't. And, and we have this... And do you think that's a mistake, Patter? Do you think that oh, was there's, no doubt, there's no doubt in my mind that this country, unfortunately, at establishment level, has an instinct that it wants to be the best child in the class in, in, in European terms. And, it, and it, we're it kind very, of doing what we're told, basically. It very seldom stands up to Europe uh, with regards to this. And, you know, uh, I believe that the European Union put the idea of a freedom of movement of people over the health of the people of Europe when they allowed for that circulation uh, to continue. And this is what we're happening here. Sure. But, but it's not just the European Union. As somebody mentioned in the text here, now, the flights come into Dublin Airport every day from New York, London, Brussels, Doha, uh, and many and more than 15 flights today. We, and he I, says we, we will never surpass uh, the, or suppress the virus if we keep flying people into the country. Absolutely. And New York is, is, is a hot, hot spot at the moment. Absolutely. Um, and as long as you have a, an outward supply of people who are carrying this virus, it is virtually impossible to, to suppress it. Now, I, now, I do understand a lot of the people coming from New York or places like that would be Irish people repatriated, and I understand that. But, you know, I, I don't know why anyone would want to come on holidays here at the moment, and I don't say that in a bad way to Irish tourism, but there's nothing for them to do. So I don't know why they'd want to come here. In fairness to the, 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 the system, I understand, for example, on Easter Monday, there would be typically 100,000 people coming through normally Dublin Airport. I understand on this Easter Monday, 900 people came through Yes. Uh, 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 on Easter Monday. So that would indicate to me that the vast majority of those were people who were returning from foreign lands who just wanted to get home uh, to be beside their families. But if, for, for me, there's a, a sharp difference between the use of those flights and actually the use of flights for Ryanair. And you mentioned, you know, Ryanair said that they fulfilled their responsibility. So all of those people who got onto the flights yesterday had their passports checked 
by another human being. They had their boarding passes checked by another human being. While I understand there was no trolley service on the flight, there was human interaction at a, at a close well, level. But their baggage short, had to be lifted. You exactly. Know. Yep. They all had bags, yeah. Shorter than... than and and here's the other question, Pat. Where are they all going to live? I mean, I'm assuming that... I don't know how it operates, but I, I don't know because it's hard to get Keelings on the air to talk about it. But I'm assuming Keelings provides digs for them to stay in when they're here or Absolutely. accommodation. So are they all going to be living five and six to a room? Uh, or, or what way is it going to be working? Unfortunately, there's very little information given. There is some rumour about a, a location in Term and Feckham that's been in, in, in County Louds that's been used as a location. There's other rumours that in Santry in Dublin there's a former student accommodation that's been used. I understand that student accommodation, the advice has been that students shouldn't stay in student accommodation because it's very hard to socially isolate at a distance in student accommodation. Well, I'm, I'm uh, look, I'm, again, I'm looking at this picture here and I can't verify if it was taken today, but it seems it was. I'm judging by the weather and where it is and I know the lo- exact location where this picture was taken. And there's about 40 men sitting on a small wall, which is outside Little actually in Swords. And they're all sitting on the wall, all sitting beside each other. Each one with a bag in front of them, a little bag, mm-hmm. um, you know, and all of, obviously getting a few provisions for, you know, to do mm-hmm. for the weekend or whatever. And they're all sitting right beside each other. And again, I'm not blaming them. They don't know sure. the rules. They don't know the rules. But the know. government is, a, is, is at fault here. It is the government's responsibility to protect the health of the nation. And the government should, should be applying the same rules and conditions to everybody uh, on the island uh, as they're applying to you and me. Uh, and they should be very very simply saying to, uh, to Keelan and to other uh, fruit-picking companies, listen, source your workers locally in this time of crisis. Stop the, the, the circulation of people from one country to another. In, in other countries, like Singapore, for example, they identified very early that actually the circulation of migrant workers in a time of pandemic crisis um, leads to difficulties in the control of, of, of the virus. You know, by all means... And you're, and you're right. I think, I think in the current climate, well, everybody out of work, essentially, or most people out of work at the moment, um, and most students are out of college at the moment. Uh, I think um, the weather being as nice as it is, which would be a nice, I, I suppose, promotion for picking fruit, um, I think it would be quite easy to get people to pick fruit. Now, I know it's minimum wage, probably, um, but saying that, you know, it'll be a few hours a day and you make a few quid. I think most people would have been happy to do it. Most young people would have been happy to do it. Absolutely. And, 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 and listen, do you know what I mean? It's in, in, in a functioning market, if you, you charge, a, if you pay a certain level of money for a, a job to be done and nobody applies to do the job, in a functioning market, you raise the wage uh, until people are happy to do it. That's how a, a free market actually works. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we have a system in, in this country where people say, oh, well, the Irish won't pick fruits. Well, the Irish won't pick fruit for the wages that are being paid at the moment uh, currently because they have other options. Last year, there was a full... Uh, economy with regards to employment, a tight labour market where there was very few uh, people available to do that type of work uh, in Ireland. But we are in a different planet at the moment. And as you say yourself, there's nearly a million people currently who are getting some level of welfare support off the state. We are paying tens of billions of euros uh, when in actual fact, in a very small way, we could have some people who want to work uh, work uh, in, in those fields uh, and, and pick that fruit. It's just, it's bananas. So what I've asked the government to do is to investigate this. I've asked the government to stop this. I've had no response from the government whatsoever. I don't think any of the ministers, um, Heather Humphreys or Regina Doherty, who would, or even Charlie Flanagan, who would be involved in, in these types of spaces, uh, return calls or uh, answer in the, in the public media. The government needs to get straight in this because I, so sometimes I, I believe that we think that we're doing this very well in, in Ireland. But if we take a step back and we see that 
Ireland actually has the 10th highest rate of mortality per capita in the OECD with regards to this particular crisis. Uh, I know, because we look at the debts as a small amount of people because we have a small population. But when we look at the amount of debts that we have, for example, and I know this might scare people a little bit, we have more debts than the United States per million. So, you know, when you look at per head of population, we're actually not doing as well as we would like to be doing or we should be likely to do. But Pat, on a final note, um, should the HSE be talking to the DAA? Because clearly these people got off a plane. Whatever about Ryanair, we can talk about that again. Um, and, you know, in relation to profits, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, when these people come to an airport, do the DAA and Dublin Airport have a responsibility to make sure these people are separated, are, you know, are given the right information? It doesn't look like they've been given any information. And, you know, and when you see this video of them coming to the airport, all just piled together, you know, it, it seems that nobody spoke to them, nobody talked to them, or nobody informed them what they should and shouldn't be doing. Do they have a responsibility? From the very start of this crisis, we aim to ask the government to make sure that there were health professionals at the airports, risk assessing everybody that was coming through and making sure that people were of no doubt that they had a, a moral and legal responsibility to adhere to the, to the, the, the um, regime that we have in place at the moment. Because until the day that we actually suppress this virus, we're going to be um, in, in lockdown. Lockdown is having a radical negative effect on people both economically, uh, physically and mentally at the moment. And we need an exit strategy. We need to start to get to a situation soon where we can actually get back to normal. If we don't, we'll be carrying the problems caused by this crisis uh, for, for many, many years. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed. Pat Tobin, uh, TD with AIM2. Um, all right. Now, loads and loads of people texting in in relation to Keelings. I would like to get Keelings on the air. Somebody says, now, why don't you get them on the air to talk to them? They won't come on the air. Uh, we've already emailed them. We tried to contact them by phone. There's no one answers. They've already told their staff by uh, email, I think, or letter that was sent out to their staff, uh, their existing staff in Ireland, uh, explaining that they've set out the guidelines in relation to coronavirus and COVID-19. And they've told their staff that if the media contact them, that obviously they have to get onto their head office and not to talk directly to the media. And I can understand that would be good PR. Healing story all started with one message that went viral on WhatsApp and Facebook. And it was from a member of staff, um, and we believe from either Dublin Airport or Ryanair. And that member of staff is listening to the show today and has just sent us in another message. And they said they will verify, by the way, they are bona fide if they want. They obviously can't come on air for obvious reasons, but they will verify that they're bona fide by sending a picture of their work ID with their face obviously blurred out on it if we want it. And we don't, we're not, we don't require that. The fact that you're willing to do that uh, is enough for us. But Helena, that, if you want to read out the message that he sent in to you there. Yeah, absolutely. So it says, afternoon, Niall. Um, I was the original sender of the email to Alan Laws about Ryanair and Keelings. I can confirm for you that there was absolutely no social distancing on board the aircraft. There was 18, uh, 189 passengers and 189 seats to fill. No gaps between seats, etc. The cabin crew are provided with gloves, but are not allowed to wear masks. They are also provided with 100 millilitres hand sanitizer but have to sign for it to say they received it, and that's the only one the company are supplying. The ground lads are providing uh, provided with nothing, absolutely nothing. We have to bring our own gloves and sanitizers if we want any, and absolutely none of the staff, I mean none, have received social distance and training from Ryanair. Um, sure, they still haven't even informed us how our wages will work this month or what we will be paid. Um, what they got off, When they got off the flight... They just walked straight through the arrivals corridors all the way to passengers control. No checks apart from their passports. Once their passport control, they collected their bags from the belts and went straight out through customs and revenue checks. Uh, There was two HSE staff in the arrivals hall to hand them leaflets about the lockdown conditions. 
but if even 5% of the passengers took them, I'd be surprised. Uh, he then goes on to say, and this is obviously in his own opinion, and all of this text is his opinion regarding Ryanair. He says, sorry for the long text. Um, I can't come on air as I'd be recognised. Hopefully you can read it out because all Ryanair care about, as I said again, this is his opinion, um, all Ryanair care about is profits above staff, uh, staff health and safety. If you want proof that I am who I am, I could send you a picture of my work ID with my face and name blurred out. Thanks. Well, I just point out as well that Ryanair and the DAA Dublin Airport did put out a statement to say that all guidelines were being followed according to the HSE and the HSE guidelines in relation to training and information given to staff and passengers as well. Um, so that's the person who sent the original message, by the way, um, and the original message which is going around Facebook and WhatsApp over the last 24 hours. Obviously, he's been listening to the station and listened to the comments by Pat or Tobin, or Tobin earlier on in relation to that. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.